Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And, and for this this movie episode this week, we're going to do a draft. We're going to draft movies from a year. It, it, it's our first time doing a draft. I think it's going to be fun. David and I are going to be competing to try to get the best list. And it's a year that's very near and dear to our hearts. So stick around. All right, as I talked about in the intro, we are doing a movie draft. Uh, this year, we're doing the year in which two of the men to ever live entered the world. That is the year 2000. <laughs> we're we're doing this at this time because it's sandwiched almost directly in between my birthday and David's birthday. We were born a month apart from each other. David, where were you born? What What city were you born in? You got to do this to me. You really had to do this live. Uh, St. Yeah, Joseph, I, Missouri. So we were born, you know, actually distance-wise, less than an hour apart from each other. I was born in, in Liberty. Um, and, and despite us only having known each other since our freshman year of college, meeting in August of 2018 outside of a Can I Kiss You campus event, Good waiting job. in line for ice cream when I overheard David talking about his little brother's football game and thought, I like football. I'm just going to talk to these guys. Come on. Um, and then ended up becoming best friends. People think we've known each other our whole lives, but we don't. But but to give ourselves a little birthday treat for 23, which is not in any way an important year in your life, quite honestly, in terms of like, it's not a milestone birthday, right? No one's like, oh my God, you're 23 now? Like that means Jordan this year. happens. Like, yeah, it's it's the Jordan year, the LeBron year, if you like rooting for frauds. Um, but we wanted to draft movies from the 2000s. Here's the problem. Let's talk about this real quick, David. When I was looking through the 2000s movies on Letterboxd, I was looking through all the ones I've seen, which is about 40, which isn't a whole lot. This is not a very good movie year. <laughs> like, No, it's not great. There's like four or five, like, oh, I really like that. And then the rest are like, eh, that was fine. Or, nah, I, I think I'm out. Yeah. I'm out it, on that. So, it's not great. It's not great. So we're, we're drafting. The way that this works... Um, if you've never listened to a movie draft before on a podcast, it's it's like a fantasy draft for anything else. We're just going to be literally picking movies to try to create a list, and we're going to be picking them in the categories. Um, so I have six categories listed, um, and we're, we try to go a little different. We're not just doing genres or like movies that made a certain amount of money. We we try to kind of tailor this to I think the movies David and I have seen in this year to, to talk about some different kinds of movies that maybe we normally would. So the categories are dumb fun which is just a movie that we know isn't very good, but is a lot of fun to watch, but you'd never be like, this is my favorite movie of all time. Prestige pick. This is a movie where you would go, this is my favorite movie of all time. This is a legitimately great Oscar-worthy movie. Star Vehicle. This movie stars you know, an actor or actress I really like, um, and it's really just about them. It's not, about, it's not an ensemble movie. It's a movie about one person. That's why you bought the ticket. That's why you want to watch this movie, because you saw one person's name on the poster. Great director. Doesn't even have to be their greatest work, but this is a movie that is directed by, you know, considered an auteur, one of, one of the best directors in the genre. Worst movie. This is going to be my favorite, I think. <laughs> this is a movie that you've seen from this year that absolutely sucks. Uh, so in maybe contrary to the way that we're picking the other categories, this one is going, you're going to get more points the worse the movie is. And finally, Wild Card. This is a movie that you may not get to talk about because of the other sections that you want to add in here. David, 
but we came up with these categories not that long ago. You haven't had a lot of time to strategize. How are you feeling? What's your confidence level going into this draft right now? I think seven. I think I have a pretty good idea of what I want to do. But then you like start to overthink like, ah, is this really like a prestigious movie? Like, oh, is this like a star vehicle where like, you know, you start to overthink and second guess yourself. Um, so classic me, right? Overthinking never happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by we're going to do a snake draft here. Uh, so uh someone will go first the next person will get two picks and two picks after that and two picks after that until we run out of categories to pick in you do not have to select the categories in the order i read them so you can try to strategically fill up which category you want first david we we decided before we started taping that you would be the one to go first here what is your first pick what are you going to open us with here Ooh, i think i'm just going to start out big i think i'm going to go with the prestige pick Okay. I think, you know, I there's some reasoning to this. We'll see if it plays out how I think it is. But for my prestige pick, uh, I'm going to choose Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Ooh. Um, All right, talk starring, about Gladiator. Stars Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, Connie Nielsen. Um, I feel like, you know, it. most of you probably know what this is, but uh, it takes place in the year 180, the death of Emperor Marcus a art how do you even say Aurelius. his last name Aurelius. Aurelius. Uh, he throws the roman empire into chaos maximus is one of the roman army's most capable and trusted generals and a key advisor to the emperor as marcus's devious son commode commodus Com- commodus ascends to the throne maximus is set to be executed he escapes but is captured by slave traders and then so on so forth. That's where it really gets intense. Uh, really, I mean, music-wise, this is a st- star-studded movie. Actor-wise, star-studded movies. There's there's a handful of other actors um, that you would probably recognize in this movie, but they just aren't at the top of that list. And then, of course, Ridley Scott directs it. Uh, so yeah, really, really good movie. Um, I really, I feel like besides one person, I've talked to everyone that's and they enjoy this movie. There's only one of our friends that doesn't like this movie. But. Yeah. And the one person that doesn't like this movie didn't even finish the whole thing. He has an issue with falling asleep during movies and didn't watch the whole thing. And then he was like, it was boring, which you could say a lot of things about gladiator. I don't really think boring is one of the ways you used to describe it. Gladiator yeah, best no. picture at the 2001 Oscars, Russell Crowe star vehicle. So you could have put it in that category if you wanted to quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, one of the better villain performances of the 21st century as Emperor Commodus. Yeah, this is just, this movie's great. It, it really is. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little upset. I, this was going to be one of my first two picks. Um, so you taking this off the board right away, that's, that's a little tough for me. But I have to ask, was it on it. that pick or was you, were you going to use it for another category? Um, I was going to use it. Uh, on that pick the the prestige yeah. pick was i thought the best spot for that one based on what the mm-hmm. list of movies that i have seen from this year so that's yeah. where i was going to use it uh okay so, so now my... you have picked two and three correct on this snake yes. draft yes um so for great director i'm gonna kill david and i'm gonna take no i knew by christopher it. nolan um this was going to be there anyway uh no matter Unless you picked it first, which I actually thought you were going to do. I was sure mm. you were going to pick Memento first. Mm. Memento is, I would say, top three Nolan for me. Um, Guy Pierce. it's about a, it's a movie that is once again weird with time. It's about Leonard Shelby, who is trying to track down the rapist and murder of his wife. Um, although he has difficulty because he 
um, has memory loss. It's short-term memory loss, and the story is told actually in reverse, um, the movie. So you you start to uncover things about um, Guy Pierce's character and really just everybody else in this movie. Carrie Ann Moss, uh, Joe Pantaleone, which you, Joey Pants, you may not recognize um, his name, but he is also in The Matrix uh, and Goonies. He, he shows up in a lot of movies. You probably know him if you saw him, saw, saw his face. Um, Memento's great. I really think mm-hmm. this is where, you know, Nolan is at his strongest. This is his first major directorial effort. It's not his first movie. Um, he made a, a smaller indie film called Following, um, which is only about 70 minutes long. Hasn't really been seen by many people. But aside from that, this is this is really his first step into Hollywood. And I think after, you know, if you're sitting there in 2000 and you see Christopher Nolan dropped this movie. You're like, oh, so this is just going to be one of the best directors that we're going to have for the next 20, 30 years, mm. which is true. I'm not yeah. as high on Nolan as David is, but still, I think Nolan is definitely in probably the 1% of directors um, in terms of just quality. This is definitely, I think, probably his smallest movie. Um, Insomnia might, is also kind of small, but this is, I would say, his smallest you know, major release in yeah. terms of scope. In scale, it's it's a very personal film. Guy Pierce is perfect for it. I really enjoyed this, so I'm going. Yeah, with this this Memento. was going to be my great director spot. That's I thought that was a perfect spot to put that in this category. Um, so that's where that was going for me. So I, I had a feeling you were going to choose that. That probably wasn't going to last long, obviously, as we just find out. So yeah. Uh, and my next pick will be a movie David just recently saw for the first time, and I saw last year in the mood for love, which will be in Prestige. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wong Kar Wai film, often considered his masterpiece, although I'm more partial to Chunking Express. One of the best romance movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, beautifully shot, as Wong Kar Wai tends to do. It's pretty mm-hmm. short, under 100 minutes. It takes place in 1960s Hong Kong, a story about a man and a woman who live in the same building um, and find out that actually their spouses are having an affair. Mm. Um but they kind of the struggle is whether they want to kind of sink to their level, honestly, because they have obvious chemistry and feelings for each other, but they're both so hurt by what their spouses have done and, and don't really want to engage in the same practices. A lot of tension in this film, a lot of beautiful scenery. The music also as well is, is one of the strongest aspects. Um, yeah, I really love this film. David, you just recently saw this, like, wasn't it like last week or two weeks ago? What'd you think mm-hmm. of it? Really, really good. My my review is sheesh. I really had no clue what I was getting myself into. Um, yeah, I didn't read much about it, and I, I knew it was something I wanted to watch. This I've watched another movie of this director um, since, but I kind of been wanting to watch some of his work. And yeah, that was it was it was very deep. I, I agree. The music was really good. I feel like it's one of those movies like it doesn't really like unfold. And like really like have an effect on you. It's like the last like 45 to an hour. Like the first bit you're like, this is good. I, I'm into this. But then like, that's like a snowball. Like stuff just starts mm-hmm. to unroll and you're like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. that, that's why he did. Oh, I get, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of came together at, you know, at the climax, which is the intent. And yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. 99 minutes too. Like not a long watch, but was still able to, you know, put in that, story and in the film what he was wanting to do so really liked it Mm -hmm. 
We should mention, I guess, where these movies are streaming. Um, if they are in the mood for love is streaming on HBO Max. Um, Gladiators on Paramount Plus right now, if you have that. And Memento is also on HBO Max. So all three of the movies we listed so far are for free on streaming services that many people have. So if you haven't seen any of these, I would highly encourage you to check these out. David, yeah, do it. Picks yeah. four and five. What do you got for me? Hmm. Let me. I'm writing. I'm writing. You know, has this list is ever changing as obviously the, uh, the other person goes. So we're yeah adjusting. Um. I so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do great director next. I know that. Um, okay. I just had something come up. I think you're gonna be surprised by this. I think for my great director pick. I know where you're no. going. I, I have a feeling. I'm gonna do Castaway. Really? Okay. Robert Robert Zemeckis. Um, he has done Back to the Future one two three. He has done Castaway. He's done Forrest Gump. Uh, a couple others, Flight, starring Denzel, um, Contact, which actually I grew up watching a lot. Um, so yeah, just a, a couple, a lot of those films. Uh, and obviously Castaway is a very, very good movie. It's critically acclaimed. Tom Hanks, Helen Hunt. Um, really, it's just Tom Hanks. Um, he gets stranded on an island, um, <laughs> yeah. best friends with a volleyball. And uh, really just, I've not seen this in a while, but I do remember it's just very just emotionally driven, very powerful movie. Um, and, uh, I was going to say it's a fun watch. It may not even be a fun watch, but it's, it's, it's a good, it's a very, very good watch. I think. I'm very shocked. Um, I, I knew Castaway was going to get picked. I'm shocked you didn't put it in star vehicle. I mean, this is literally just Tom Hanks on the screen for an hour and a half. Uh, so uh, am I correct in assuming that you have something else cooking up there that you really want to take in star vehicle or was this a, this is a missed opportunity from you? Well, so my idea in the star vehicle is has to do with the star, and that's silly. Like the, my my idea for star vehicle, it, this actor isn't his like strongest. Well, it might be his best movie according to some, but it's like the actor who's in it is like the in oh, iconic okay. actor. I know exactly which one you're taking now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Castaway, uh, a movie. Quite honestly, that I waited to watch for a while because I was like this is going to be boring. It's just a guy on an island for two hours. Mm. Like, why would I give a crap about this? Yeah. It's just really good. Tom Hanks. This is just that there hasn't ever really been a conversation about is Tom Hanks actually a good actor? Cause it would be a ridiculous combo to have, but this is just a movie that shows that he is. I mean, he's literally mm. carrying a film by himself where his scene partner is a volleyball with a bloody handprint on it for, for hours. And yeah, makes you believe emotionally that whenever he loses that volleyball, it's like losing a child. Like that's mm -hmm. one of the most heartbreaking scenes in movie history is whenever yeah. he loses the volleyball with a handprint on it. Like this is just great. Great. Hanks. Yeah. Well, and that's so tough. Like, I mean, people don't realize how tough acting in re is really in the first place, but when you're alone, you can't feed off another actor. You can't um, maybe be, protected or hidden by an, another great talent or like do it, it is just him and that is yeah. so tough people don't He's understand exposed. how incredibly difficult that is and um yeah i agree this could have easily gone in star vehicle easily could have gone um but for my star vehicle that'll be my next pick uh, i'm gonna do remember the titans starring denzel washington so i didn't know um, where you were going oh my gosh okay yeah remember the titans not only i was gonna you know i said it's not his best movie some might argue that it 
that it is. I'm not, I don't know if I feel that way. Uh, it's one of the more iconic movies, more iconic sports movies of all time. But Denzel is probably yeah, the, this, this is movie he the greatest actor of him. all time. That's not like a, he's on the not, Mount Rushmore. I don't, I don't yeah. think there's a debate as to whether he's on the Mount Rushmore. So, um, and he's just incredible in this. He's like in his prime here. It's in 2000. So he's just dropping movies left and right. And, um, a really, really good movie. And yeah, picking this because of Denzel Washington and just an absolute menace that he is. Um, so absolute love it. So for my star vehicle, I picked remember the Titans. So I, threw um, a couple, I threw a couple curveballs then to you, didn't I? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm really shocked that you didn't take a movie that I was a hundred percent sure you were going to take for director. No, for Star Vehicle. We'll get to it later. A- afterwards, I want to do a debrief where we talk about the movies that we thought we were going to take in certain spots. Oh, I think okay. that'll be yeah. really fun. Um, I am going to go... I'm going to go dumb fun here for my next pick. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm going to pick Charlie's Angels. Mm. Charlie's Angels is perhaps the most star-studded movie I've seen this year. Uh, directed by MCG. That's not the important part. The important part is it's Cameron Diaz... Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu Hmm. and Sam Rockwell is playing the villain. This movie is, is dumb. It's very dumb, but it knows it's dumb and it's trying to be funny. I mean, it's, it's a movie that, you know, is relying on the comedic talents of Diaz and Barrymore in a lot of ways, both of which are, are two of the best, you know, comedic actresses, I think in the history of Hollywood, quite honestly. Um, And this is them at the peak of their powers and the, this is going to sound really creepy. The peak of their attractiveness, quite honestly. Um, mm, okay. Which, which might be a little weird to say, but it, Lucy Liu's right there as well. Um, uh, although I I will always think of Kill Bill Volume 1 when I think of Lucy Liu because I think that she's the best part about that movie. She's fantastic in it. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Charlie's Angels is a movie that is extremely dumb. I mean, the the action is like, it's right. It's after the the Matrix in it in, well, it, it follows shortly after the matrix, but the action is corny and like over the top. You can tell the women are on wires when they're doing it. Cause the stunts are impossible. Um, and it's, it's ridiculous. Rockwell is hamming it up as the villain. He's really just, just doing as much as he can with, with the script that he's been given and trying to be as ridiculous as possible. Just so you would remember what's going on in the movie. I think it's just really effective. Bill Murray's there. Um, <laughs> which actually may be the best part of this movie are the stories that mm. come out of the set, uh, which Bill Murray is a world-renowned, difficult person to work with, quite honestly. Apparently, he just hated Lucy Liu uh, for some reason. I don't really know why, but to the point of, like, they had to be separated on set, I, I think. Oh, geez. By the end of shooting this movie, they, like, would never not come in on the same days to work because they didn't get along so much. There is a sequel that is even more camp and that is Charlie's angels full throttle, which came out three years later, directed by the same guy, which is even more ridiculous. Again, this is not a movie where you're going to watch it and be like, Oh my gosh, Charlie's angels. This movie has changed my life, but it's so much fun. It's a lot of fun. It's not to be taken seriously. Um, so I, I I would, I would recommend if you're, if you're looking for a relaxing kind of afternoon to turn on Charlie's angels, David, you haven't seen this. Um, yeah, I don't. So, I don't think I have. So I, I'm going to recommend you watch that bad boy. Um, yeah, I have to. And here we go next. I think I'm going to take Star Vehicle here because, um, quite honestly, worst movie. I have a couple of options, and then Wild Card. There's no reason to take pick Wild Card before like the end. What are you gonna? I, I think this might depend on what kind of where I go next. So I'm, I'm curious what you're going to say here. Oh, okay. Star Vehicle. 
Hmm. Let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just do it. Uh, I. No. Wait. Uh, I'm yeah, torn. this is tough. I'm torn between two you see... people. Um. I'm torn between two. Are two you gonna do, ch- bro? You're gonna here. choose Chicken Run, aren't you? Dead yes, gum. absolutely. <laughs> chicken Run, starring the voice of the chicken. Uh, no, I'm gonna go Aaron Brockovich. Julia Roberts, Aaron Brockovich. Mm. Um, probably not where David thought I was going. Mm-mm. This is might be Julia Roberts' best performance. She was the it girl, a list, um, most famous actress in Hollywood for. I think an eight year stretch um, starting in, in the early nineties and, and through the mid two thousands, Aaron Brockovich is, I think the peak of just, you know, just let give the ball to Julia Roberts and get out of the way. Essentially mm. um, it's she's sassy, badass, um, real life, you know, paralegal who's focused on taking down corruption. She's got a little bit of like kind of Southern bell, aspect to her julia roberts famously from atlanta um but she's in california she's working she's a single mother working with kids um and she takes she takes no prisoners and takes no crap it's just a really fun movie if you want to watch julia roberts yell at dumb and or awful people for two hours Mm -hmm. um and a good time with it It, it's not earth shattering It, it i don't think it's soderbergh's best or you know, I think it might be Julia Roberts' best. I believe she did win the Oscar for Best Actress for this movie. Um, but yeah, th- this is a movie you turn on because you just want to watch Julia Roberts cook for two hours. So, Aaron Brockovich for Star. Vehicle. I'm looking. I'm looking now. It won an Oscar, um, which, if one bet money, it probably um, was for what you just said it was. And yes, she won Best Actress in a Leading Role for this. Yeah. So. All right, David. We, yeah, that was let, curveball. We have three categories left for you to take a pick in. Wild card, worst movie, and dumb fun. And you have two picks this round. So where are you going? I'm going to go dumb fun. Um, okay. And maybe, now that I think about it, maybe you were thinking, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just going to say, I, I, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Um, yeah. Okay. Is this what you were about I was going to choose earlier? Okay. Yeah. Uh I mean, what else do I need to say, right? Jim Carrey is just spectacular in this. Um, really fun. A Christmas movie, kind of silly. You know, maybe not the highest rated movie you've seen, but it's just super fun. And um, comedy that delivers. I, there really aren't many lines for me that I was like, I'm uncomfortable or not. Don't, you know, don't think that they're funny because just about everything that Jim Carrey does is um, pretty comedic in this and yeah i love it i watch it every year and it just doesn't i don't know it really doesn't get old for me um even though i've watched it many times so absolutely love it directed by ron howard jim carrey um taylor momsen jeffrey tombor and not not a, bryce dallas howard is in this movie i just saw i guess as what surprised who Oh, yeah. I mean, that's her dad, so she probably just got put in just but, um, because. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it's really it's really Jim Carrey in this movie. There's not a whole lot of other you know stars, but uh, it's really, really funny. Um, and I've really not met many people that don't like it. There's always somebody, but for the most part, like people really kind of enjoy this movie around Christmas. So that is my dumb fun pick. Jim Carrey's mm-hmm. The Grinch Stole Christmas. All right, you got worst movie and wild card left. Um, I'm assuming you're going to want to fill up worst movie so 
Yeah. What are you What are you taking here? I'm gonna scan real quick. You know, better make sure. Got to find the my worst movie that I remember. Like some of these I've I've watched, but I'm like I don't remember much. You know. Yeah. I think for my worst yeah. movie, I'm gonna choose Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is by far the weakest link of the franchise. Talk about it. It's uh, obviously the second installment of Mission Impossible, a 2000 movie directed by John Woo. He's done Face Off, The Killer, um, a couple other movies um, starring Tom Cruise. Um, Ving Rhames is in it. He's in, I think, every single one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Thon Dewey Newton. How do you say her first name? Tandy, she's- I think. Tandy. Wow. I, I think it's Tandy. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Bruh, it's Tandy. Her parents. Sure Why that. would you spell it like that? Yeah, Tan. Yeah. In Letterbox, she helped us out. Tandy Way. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's action packed. I guess you can say that. But it's just not. Um. Incredible. And I think even with the newer movies, and even the third one alone, kind of really dates this movie. And it's just. You know, it's not incredibly impressive. Um, but, I mean, for a worst pick, it's not a terrible pick because it's still Mission Impossible. But it really, of the yeah. seven, it easily is the worst um, one of the bunch. Which, And that's pretty... I think every, just about everybody agrees that this is the worst Mission Impossible movie. So, yeah, that's my pick for worst movie of the 2000s year. This one feels like a bad Bond movie to me more than any of the other Mission Impossibles. Like it's mm. got the it's got the dumb like almost Bond girl thing um, in the relationship with Tom Cruise. Who let's be honest, like Tom Cruise having a romantic relationship outside of like Jerry Maguire and maybe Top Gun Maverick like doesn't really work in a movie ever because he yeah. seems to have zero chemistry with the person that he's supposed to have chemistry with. Uh, um, but. Yeah, this was just bad. It's like full of all the like hallmarks of a bad spy movie. It, they overuse CGI. The like clothes and hair have aged really poorly, and the villain performance isn't memorable. Yeah, so it's I don't not even really who the villain is. <laughs> you you'll watch this movie and then you compare it to the last like four, three or four Mission Impossible's, and it'd be unrecognizable. You'd be like, this is the same franchise because it just wow. doesn't. It doesn't seem close. So hmm. yeah, Mission Impossible two bad. Bad movie. All right. Uh, my worst movie is what I'm going to be taking next. I'm going to do my last two picks here. There's a couple. There's a couple that I could I could go with. Um, a couple of movies that I really, really don't like uh, that, that came out this year. But one I'm going to talk about is one I saw recently. And that is the mm, movie okay. Reindeer Games starring Charlize Theron. So this will be the second, second movie that I'm talking about that is going to be I just typed in Charlie Theron's name. That's how <laughs> forgettable this film is. Um, that's a Christmas movie on this list. Ranger mm, Games is okay. a Christmas heist movie, which you'd be like, that sounds great. Starring Ben Affleck and Charlie Theron. And here's what you need to know about this movie. They earnestly try to make you think that Charlie Theron would believe that she is undesirable in society based on her looks. Sit on that one for a little bit, and then and we'll talk. Yeah. Oh, huh? Ben Affleck's Ben Affleck's in this bad boy. Yeah, he's not he's not good in it either. This is a phone it in uh, performance from both of them. Uh, the the premise is after assuming his dead cellmate's identity, Ben Affleck's character gets with his the cellmate's girlfriend that he's been messaging with. Again, Charlie Theron in in this um, world has also 
so down bad for a relationship that she is messing, messaging prisoners um, <laughs> using 2000s technology, by the way. I'm pretty sure they mostly communicate through letters. Um, okay. And finds himself the reluctant participant in a casino heist. The heist isn't even really fun in this movie. Gary Sinise is in it. So that's that's something. I just it's really hard to make a boring and bad heist film, and they managed to do it here. I just yeah. really did not enjoy this. I was looking for something different. I watched this in December. I was like, oh, reindeer, like yay, a, a new Christmas movie that I haven't really even heard of. There's a reason. There's a reason I hadn't heard of it, and now you all have. But I I would encourage you to stay away. Um, but if you are a glutton for punishment, it is on HBO Max. Um, I had this star as a one. It, this is a one out of five for me. This is very mm. disappointing. So, so you really, it really wasn't very good. Steer clear. Steer so clear, guys. <laughs> all right, last wild card. Couple Both couple of options here. Yeah. Um, I think I just want to talk about a movie that I like. I got uh, four down here, and I think you're going to choose one of them. Yeah, I probably am, and I bet it's this should be at the top of that list or near the top. Almost famous. Directed by Cameron Crowe. Um, really a autobiographical movie because um, he actually experienced something very similar to this. 15-year-old Willem Mil- William Miller um, is a aspiring rock journalist who goes on tour with, with a fictional band um and writes about it essentially writes writes a huge feature about it um the band Stillwater and this is a movie in which Cameron Crowe puts you in the 70s early 70s rock scene kind of the height of um rock and roll really in America right before hair metal took it over when it was still dominated by the likes of Black Sabbath um and Creedence Clearwater Revival um, and, and it envelops you kind of in this world, um, in the, in the world of the seventies and the world of music at that time, it's got fantastic performances, um, from Billy Crudup, Kate Hudson, I think is her best in this film. Jason Lee and Francis McDormand is also in it. And there's like really a lot of surprise, like Jimmy Fallon pops up for a little bit. Zoe Deschanel pops up mm. for a little bit. It's a really fun coming of age film. Um, just a really good movie if you're also a fan of that era of music. Uh, a lot of good music in here. Even the music they made up for the band Stillwater, like the song Fever Dog, which is the first one you hear from this band, is genuinely like really just a really good song. Yeah, it's um, like, is this a real, is this, yeah, it's really good. I, one of the scenes that I will never forget is when they're on the tour bus. Um, and it's kind of a moment after the whole band gets in a fight and everybody's down. And then they start singing Tiny Dancer by Elton John. And the whole like bus breaks out singing it, which apparently I went back and read Tiny Dancer wasn't a really big song before this movie. It was like considered oh. one of the sleeper hits from Elton John, but wasn't very well known. And then this movie kind of blew that song up. Oh, wow. It, this is just really fun watch. There's some serious stuff in it. I, I mean, it's 70s rock, so it deals with drugs, obviously, um, groupies. There's some there's some eh, a little bit. Um, also, can't can't talk about this movie without mentioning Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, which is Lester Bangs, the kind of mentor, essentially, rock journalist. Rest in peace. Yeah. He's great. He's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Always is. This is just a really fun watch. Um, I, I think I saw it for the first time like two years ago. I've seen it three times since then. I, I mm. really, really enjoy Almost Famous. One of my favorite top five favorite movies from this year. So mm. 
That's what I'm going with here. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. I'm honestly surprised looking back. I'm surprised it lasted this long. Um, it's tough though because it's like great director. It's not really star vehicle. I mean, there's not really like, you know what I mean. Like, where does it fit? And I feel like Wild Card that, might that, be. That was why it was it was this. I I think you could have maybe argued Prestige because it is genuinely one of the best of its genre coming of age. But if you're if oh, you're yeah. going like great director, I don't know that Cameron Crowe really fits that i would say mm -hmm. if you're talking about cameron crowe you would say writer he wrote vanilla sky jerry Maguire, fast times at ridgemont high say anything like i'd say that he's much more strong in that area than directing he of course directed vanilla sky jerry Maguire, and say anything but those aren't movies you really notice for their direction yeah as well as as well as almost famous um so yeah i just didn't know where to put it you could star vehicle maybe if you really kate hudson but she's not technically even the lead in this movie so mm -hmm. I think Wildcard yeah. was one of the only places I could take it. So that's where I took it. All right, David, you have one pick left. What are yeah. you going? Wildcard. I got up between two movies. Um, I don't know which one to pick. I think, let's see, looking. I think simply just because of personal what I grew up with and what I was closer to. Um, I'm going to choose one or the other for that reason. I'm going to go with Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. uh, M. Night Shyamalan, um, technically the first of a three-movie trilogy, um, starring Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, Robin Wright. Um, yeah, essentially, Bruce Willis gets in a train uh, accident and Homeboy wakes up and is just fine. Um and we don't really know why, um, but he does meet uh, a man, Elijah Price, who is Samuel Jackson. He suffers from a disease that renders his bones as fragile as glass. So, right, you kind of have that opposite side of the spectrum, and it's a fun mystery of why is this happening, what's going on, and obviously um, trying to find answers. Really fun mystery, really fun thriller. One of his best uh, movies, I think I have this maybe three on my M. Night Shyamalan list maybe four it's definitely top five for him but uh yeah unbreakable uh is my wild card pick yeah this is one of the only Shyamalan movies that really works for me uh honestly which may may sound rude or, or weird a little bit but I, i'm not a huge fan of him as a director but i i think this movie is very strong unbreakable is very good samuel jackson and bruce willis are 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 great in it um it's got the hallmarks of a Shyamalan movie there's a twist you know, that you don't really see coming if you're watching it for the first time. And this twist actually, I think more than some of his movies really holds up on repeat viewing. And I think really, mm -hmm. really showcases itself. Uh, I figured you were going to take this. I know you're a Shyamalan guy. Um, so I thought this might be your great director pick, quite honestly. Um, yeah. Well, it was going to. And then I clicked on castaway and it's like all the back to the features and forrest gump and this movie like i was like ah, oh, he's that yeah i think it's fair to say that zemeckis may not zemeckis has probably made worse movies than Shyamalan has of course he Shyamalan made that live action avatar movie so you may differ on that but i think zemeckis probably has a higher ceiling than Shyamalan has had you know mm -hmm. just with the three back to the futures castaway and forrest gump so I, I don't disagree. I, I think this is a good wild card pick. David, the movies that we didn't talk about that, that you really thought were going to get drafted or that were close for you that you didn't draft, what do you got? Um, so honestly, 
the one movie that almost made the wild card for me was Snatch. Yeah, um, me too. I actually, I kind of thought you might have picked that, but I, I think you're probably considering it, but it just didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. I think I like Snatch a little bit less than I like Almost Famous, but I really like Snatch. The The thing that holds it back for me is looking back on it, the Brad Pitt um, whole Romani angle is... It's not It's not very well handled in today's political climate. It's a bit ridiculous. While the movie is funny um, still and pokes fun at that, and, you know, I, it's a little like Guy Ritchie should have known in 2000 that this probably wasn't cool to do, and he still did it. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that holds it back a little bit, but yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a Guy Ritchie fan in the style of movies that he has. Mm-hmm. So, three, movies, three movies that I had on my list that were crossed out because you picked them. I had Memento, a great director, which that was probably assumed that both of us were going to put that there. I had In the Mood for Love at Wild Card, uh, and then I replaced it with Almost Famous whenever you picked In the Mood for Love. Uh, because again, like, mm-hmm. well, Almost Famous is really good, but again, it's kind of hard to place that movie. Um, so those three I, I crossed out. Really the only other one that, honestly, I was kind of thinking about putting X-Men 1 at the Wild Card, just kind of, kind of what that would spark in the future. It's not the best X-Men movie, but man, there's been a lot of movies made, and it's kind of opened up this whole new you know, mutant superhero uh, world of movies. So those those were really the only other ones that I considered uh, on my watches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought you were going to pick How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Star Vehicle because that really is just a Jim Carrey mm. movie. Uh, so I well, was, yeah. I, I, that's really where I thought you were going. And then you pick Remember the Titans and I was like, oh yeah, Denzel, that makes sense. Yeah, um, David, like most people should be, is a big Denzel guy. So Come I, on. I understand that, Absolutely. I, golly, uh, I'm so glad that there's not a video to go along with this podcast. If you saw what David just just did, um, I had a couple contenders for dumb fun. Bring it on was almost in dumb mm. fun. The cheerleading film um, that honestly I think maybe I like even more than Charlie's Angels, um, but it. it Kirsten Dunst, Eliza Dushku, it, it's very good. A movie that has like five sequels as well, which is just wholly unnecessary. They, aren't they about to make... No, I'm... No, they made one in 2022, right? Bring it on, cheer or die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they keep making them. Um, Scream 3 and Final Destination were also movies I considered taking in dumb fun because I think that's what both those are. Scream 3 for me is the worst of the Scream franchise, but still a Scream movie, so it is fun. Um, and Final Destination is just like ridiculous. Those, yeah. those horror movies are hilarious because they're ridiculous. And obviously, if you think of like a really fun movie, you think of Requiem for a Dream, you know, Darren Aronofsky's mm. punishing film about um, the horrors of drug addiction. So <laughs> that was also close for me. Oh, well. yeah. For sure. um, but I decided not to take it. No, <laughs> I've actually not seen this. Um, it's not, you're not going to have fun. I could yeah. promise you, you won't have fun watching it. Movies, there's there is a couple that I also almost put um just on in other categories. Star Vehicle, American Psycho, and Miss Congeniality are both really star vehicle movies, I yeah. think. They would they would fit that category. Uh Prestige Pick, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was close for me as well. And I was I already said, but I was going to take Gladiator at at some point if you weren't going to. Yeah. Um what do you think your favorite movie of this year is? As a as a careless movie fan, The Grinch, 
as an actual like, okay, like why do I enjoy this movie? What are the aspects of it that I enjoy? Did it accomplish what it wanted to? Gladiator is just so like, it's just like through generations people talk. My dad l- talked about Gladiator, t- loves it. Now we watch yeah. it. Like it, it just carries through and cuts through. And man, Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix especially just very good, very good. And I, I sometimes every once in a while I I play that Gladiator uh, song on my you know my soundtrack playlist, playlist yeah. because it's like ooh, it's very good. Yeah. So I think Gladiator for me is my favorite. I need to rewatch it. It's been a while. It's been a very. There's a question. Time. We did a dad movie episode. Did we miss out on Gladiator? Gladiator might be the ultimate dad movie. It's such yeah, a like. That's. You know, you you look in your dad's eyes when he says like, you know, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. I shall have my vengeance in this life for the next. And every dad is like, you're you're damn right, you will. You're damn right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's such a that that movie in like Braveheart, I think, are just like exude dad energy to yeah. like the umpteenth degree also um, indiana jones the last crusade absolutely is a dad movie oh yeah that as well that's <laughs> one where he's like it's the importance of fathers and sons that's what that yeah. movie is about sean connery um i would say gladiator is probably up there for me memento as well uh those are the pro- that and in the mood for love i think those are the top three mm-hmm. i might switch up the order on the given day when you ask me yeah i think those are the the clear top three for me of this year are you surprised? There's a couple that we didn't pick. One, The Patriot, one that wasn't picked, which is kind of one of those like iconic war movies. Um, I feel like also Oh Brother Where Art, Art Thou is like also like a one that what we didn't talk about that maybe I'm not as much connected to, but are we surprised that wasn't picked? Um, I considered it for a great director because it's a, well, it's actually just the Joel Cohen movie. It's not Joel and Ethan Cohen. Oh, he's um, in a lot, though. But Joel Cohen, obviously half of the Cohen brothers, and has also he recently made the tragedy of Macbeth as, as a solo venture. Um, I considered it. I, I enjoy that movie. Um, a lot of people consider it lesser Cohen brothers. I, I still think it's a lot of fun. It's if you haven't seen it, it's a a, a kind of play on Homer's The Odyssey, just set in the South in the 1930s. Um, it's pretty interesting. I had a good time with it. So yeah, I, I considered it, but I, the Patriot for me, there's so much baggage with a Mel Gibson movie. It's really tough, especially mm. one in which Mel Gibson is positioned as, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, hey, he's living in the South, but he's not a slave owner. He's nice to the black people that work in his farm. They get paid a living wage. They're not slaves. He's the good. He's the good Southern plantation owner. Like, come on, are we really doing this mm-hmm. um, to try to make him more likable? Good Heath Ledger in that movie, though. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. So, yeah, I, I my mileage. I, I really just don't have a lot of patience for what the page what Patriots trying to do. So I just I'm not really in on it. Got you. Yeah, I I really don't have anything else. You know, I I. My eyes stumbled upon the title of Gone in 60 Seconds, but I'm not sure I ever considered it in any category. We didn't um, talk about The Emperor's New Groove, which might be the best-reviewed movie from this year that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Emperor's New Groove actually is so good. Yeah, where is that is just that's one of those Disney 2D animations um, that's not a not a princess film. I would, I would put it in the, the same tier as uh, the 
Atlantis movie. Um, you know, how how do you feel about that one? I think it's fire. There's a TV show, right? Too? Because I think uh, I grew yeah, up watching it. I think it. they all they all really had tie-in TV shows. But I remember um, growing up and watching Emperor's New Groove a lot. I think it's really good. I really like it. I don't remember em- like a whole lot about it. It's been a while. Emperor's New Groove or Treasure Planet? That's what I want to ask you. David Doc, how deep. can you expect me to answer this question? David is deep in thought right now. Without me getting emotional. Um, treasure. Because oh. <laughs> Treasure Planet, I would say, is more cinematically beautiful. But Emperor's yeah. New Groove is like way more quotable. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more dialogue and a lot more like conversation. Like Kronk is it, hilarious. Yeah, but Treasure Planet is beautiful. I might have to choose Treasure Planet just because I'm a visual guy and mm-hmm. that might give me the... And I feel like you're opposite maybe even. You like a you like a hearty and just meaty script, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was that's such true. a nice way for you to put that, but yeah, I yeah, you're right. I think I would honestly go Emperor's New Groove, although I, I like Treasure Planet a lot. Uh, movie yeah. that is one of the most famous bombs and kind of killed Disney's desire to make any 2D animation because it was really expensive and it made no money at the box office. Hmm. Treasure Planet, though, got reclaimed later. A couple of those. Iron Giants among that as well. 2D animated movies that yeah. you know bombed at the box office but are beloved you know, decades after the fact. So Yeah. Well, that was fun. I think that's it. I think we yeah. did it. Um, I-, I think we should do this. We should do this for more years. I think this would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, especially with these categories and we can even add more on the years. Like obviously this year is one that's not very deep and, and we each haven't seen a whole lot of movies from, I was looking this weekend. Um, cause obviously no football on had some free time to watch some movies. I was trying to find two thousands movies and like of the ones that were highly rated, they weren't on streaming services that I had. Um, mm. but there weren't a whole lot of like, the prestige ones that I hadn't already seen. I think every movie that I hadn't seen that was considered really great from this year is not an American movie. It's a foreign film. Yeah. Which I'm trying to catch up on those anyway. So, you know what year is going to be tough if we choose, happen to choose this year, uh, 2014 whiplash, interstellar, grand Budapest, gone girl, Nightcrawler, X machina, <laughs> Paddington, John wick, guardians of the galaxy, bro. All right. And there's that just a lot be, more. Yeah, we might have to do that one soon. I think Selma, is, Edge of Tomorrow. Th- this will be f- fun to get our also competitiveness out um, whenever there's not football on. And Heaven is for real. For, so. <sighs> Man. What? What did you just... That's not a movie you've seen. Heaven is for real. You don't remember you, seeing you, that? I don't, no, because I didn't. I don't think. Yeah, you did. did. I, do like, I have it, it was like... No. Yeah, no. I it was like the same time like... God's not dead. Like all these like movies came out kind of together at the same here's, time. And then here's the real, here's the real truth of it. Unless it's Prince of Egypt, you can, you can probably keep that Christian movie away from me. You can, I, I you can probably get it out of my face. Exodus gods and Kings may not even be a Christian movie. If really just no, got, is it's the director. not, it's not, it's, it's not. not Noah. Do you want, you want me to watch Noah? Passion of the no. Christ though. But you just, if you want to cry in that yeah, one, that's just, but how many times do you really want to see that? Oh, I don't. It's just, <laughs> it's so, in, it's just that so intense and deep. That is a, that and, is yeah. a one-time watch. Although Mel Gibson is reportedly working on the sequel, like right now. Um, yeah, it seems like it's going to, like, he said it's going to be the greatest, like one of the greatest movies of all time is what he said. 
yeah, which normally when directors make movies, they're like, yeah, this one's going to suck. Um, so <laughs> that's, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess there's technically more story to tell. I have read the Bible. I, I do know what happens next. So there's that's not true. a lot of curveballs he could throw Bro, at me. But 2014, literally Noah came out. That Exodus movie came out. Heaven is Real came out. And God's Not Dead came out. As well as God's Not Dead. Nicholas oh Cage God. is left behind. It you know what we should year. do? We should do a draft of just bad Christian movies. <laughs> that 2014, one, there's number one of- overall pick, God's Not Dead. I don't know. Oh, is gosh. Nicolas Cage's Left Behind worse than that? Actually, yeah, you're probably. It's actually right. it's actually rated <laughs> lower by point one than God's Not Dead. Left Behind was one of those where you like you saw Nicolas Cage was in it. He just got instantly depressed. You're like, come on, Nick, you're better than this. Yeah, like make National Treasure three. Don't make this. What are you doing? <sighs> yeah, that's. I'd rather yeah. watch a National Treasure three for sure. I yeah I I'd rather watch the National Treasure TV show on Disney Plus, which I think four people have seen. That looks kind of painful. I don't know. But that or Left Behind? Come on, you're not watching Left Behind. No, 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 no. But also, oh, hear me out. Gosh. TV shows gonna take a lot longer, so you might have a you might have a more concentrated, miserable experience. But it's done in an hour and a half. You know what I mean? It's done in an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half of pain and and punishment and just anguish. Golly. Yeah. That's a that's a Kevin Sorbo joint, isn't it? Uh what? I that's like the guy who has become the face of bad Christian I guess big budget bad Christian cinema. Um, oh. Oh, left behind I saw it was directed he's, by Vic Armstrong. He's the professor in God's Not Dead. Um and then I believe he like is I, I think they're making another left behind movie, which he is gonna be it there's four gods not dead movies wow that's i'm actually impressed oh let's i'm gonna read the last one and then we're going to mercifully end this podcast here is the description for gods not dead we the people the film centers on reverend dave who has to defend himself and a group of christian homeschooling families after an inspection by a local government official what and it's just the the poster is beautiful it's yeah, beautiful. the poster is just him looking out over um, Washington D.C. You know, as as if he's taking on the government, who is famously really cracking down on Christian homeschooling in a big way. You know, because you, you read about that all the time in the news that that they're really, really persecuting Christians in America. Oh my gosh! All right, in this podcast, before I get more upset, David, you haven't been to Maine. You have no idea what they go through up there. Uh, a lot of lobster, I'm assuming. Oh, that sounds so fire right now. That's okay. True. This has been What Do You Want to Watch? Kind of want to do a, a 1997 movie draft just so I can cry about Goodwill Hunting and Robin Williams. Uh, this has, though, not been 2007 movie draft. It's been the 2000 movie draft, episode 74. Nathan and David talking it up, picking it up. Some good movies and some not so good movies, but thank you all for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.